Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott, back alongside, as always. Hello, Scott. Sean, have you even listened to Toto 4? It's it's one of the greatest <laughs> albums of all time. Okay. Uh, I won't I won't hear any more shade about it. And that's the bottom line. Actually, I saw I, I was uh, I was on a plane the other day, Sean, and I saw somebody watching this series called like The Young Rock. Okay. And it, it seemed like the context was like the rock was running for president in the year 2032 or something. And then there was flashbacks to his earlier life. Mm-hmm. This person watched like six episodes of this in a row. Wow. Uh, anyway, uh, looked interesting. You hadn't heard of it though, right? No, I'm not familiar with the young rock show. No. And is, is I haven't it, listened to Toto 4 in its entirety. I'm way behind on all pop culture, apparently. Oh my goodness. I mean, people think Africa might just be uh, a, a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Nowadays, I, I, I know the older people know Toto are uh, definitely, definitely slaying it out there. Uh, but that whole album, I mean, got Rosanna. Get, yeah. Come on. What else needs to be said? I, I guess nothing else. I guess that's it. Is, uh, well, is the, the Rock just say, says the bottom line? Yeah, that's that the bottom line. Because okay. no, that no Stone Cold. You're right. No, sorry. Yeah, Stone Cold says that. Yeah. Oh boy, I've the just Rock lost would, all my cred. The Rock would say something like, "Oh, like, so you think Toto's important? It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amongst other uh, sayings that the Rock would have. Uh, Scott, welcome back to the show. Uh, hope your campaign went well last week. Uh, and you were successful in your efforts. Yeah, we, you know, we should find out uh, the results anytime now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we wanted to get into the summer season. What we've done every year in the month of May is we've done power rankings for the teams as at the end of the season. How do the teams around the world stack up after the season? I thought that's kind of foolish this year because so many new teams are in place. So we're going to do something a little different from our typical end of season power ranking episodes, we're going to play what's the word for 20 new teams and only new teams. The teams that have decided to stay together, they do not get to participate in this exercise for us. So these are only new lineups and we have come up with words for each of these 20 teams, 10 men's, 10 women's teams with a bonus team in there just for good measure. Scott, are you excited for this activity? This is not an original game. I'm stealing this from part in the interruption, but are you excited mm-hmm. to partake in this? Yeah, I'm really excited to partake, Sean. I, I love watching what's the word. Uh, and so I like playing what's the word. You've prepared your words mm-hmm. well ahead of time. I've looked at the list and I've got an idea of some words, but I, I, I reserve the right to change what I've got in my head. All right, that's that's totally fair. So we are going to start on the women's side, and I will say this going into this. Most of these are Canadian teams because the international teams 
haven't seen the same type of movement at this point. And part of that is the way those teams are put together, the structure of those teams. But we really only have two international teams on this entire list, and we are going to start with them. And I've also kind of ranked these as sort of a pseudo power rankings in terms of the importance, I would say, maybe of the teams. So let's start with the three-time defending women's world champion, Sylvana Tiranzoni, along with Alina Pats. Of course, the front end has retired of... Esther and Melanie. So they have brought in Briar Herleman and Carol Howald uh, as the new front Howald. end. Howald, excuse me. Thank you. Uh, so, Scott, word for this one that I have this is Mike dropping on the part of the front end. They are just uh, getting out while the getting is good, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. The the front end mic dropping, uh, saying, you know, whatever. We've won everything. What do we need anymore? Uh, my word for this team is is kind of hanging on. Uh, mm. It seems to me like Tiranzoni and Pat's great. Uh, I know that Silvana really wants uh, to get that Olympic gold medal. This likely is her last quad to be able to do so. And so she's brought in a pretty strong front end. Um, to play with her and Alina Pats, but you're right. The, the front end was very much like, what else do we have to do? Come on. Yeah. We won all of the, all the world championships. All the right? Yeah. So th this should be a fun team. Will it count as four in a row if they win next year or does it have to be the same? I mean, obviously it's this four in a row for Tiranzoni and Pats, but will it go down as like the same as like the Furby four in a row? I would say no. Um, not like the fur before, no, but I, I do think it's, it's just Swiss curling, right? It's like, yeah. Hey, who wins the most world championships on the women's side? Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's the Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly which positions the two are going to play. Uh, Briar Herleman, of course, is the daughter of a 1998 Olympic gold medal winner, Patrick Herleman, Patrick. Uh, who beat Mike Harris uh, in yes. that, you know, very memorable 90, 1998 final where Mike Harris had the flu. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, so so I'm not sure who's going to play second, who's going to play lead. Uh, this is a, a report from the curling news on the changes. Okay, so uh, good stuff there for Tiranzoni. Let's move on. To the next team, that's going to be Team Laws. This is Caitlin Laws, Selena Negevin, Jocelyn Peterman, and Kristen McCush. Scott, I think these are the favorites. If I were handicapping this, looking ahead, three and a half years at this point to the trials, assuming that the trials takes place in roughly the same place on the calendar as we sit here in May of 2022, looking ahead to December of 2025, uh, which is foolish. But I would say that they're the favorites of all the changes that have been made they i think come out the strongest and you would think at this moment right now again long time in advance but anderson laws might see that up as uh, maybe the rivalry of the quad yeah yeah it uh it definitely could be uh so sean you call them the favorites uh i call them the uh, oh i had a word in my head and it just left uh this is this is a show of strength from Caitlin mm. Laws, is what I want to say. This is Caitlin Laws basically saying, "Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of great success with with Jennifer Jones, 
but now it's my time. And the, the team that she's assembled is, is great. Uh, so should be a really great quad for this team. And I'm looking forward to seeing them play together. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see Kate and Laz back in the skip position for the first time in, uh, in a while since her junior days. So uh, next up is a team that Kate and Laz used to play with, or at least the skip that Kate and Laz used to play with, of course, Jennifer Jones. She has decided to team up with team Mackenzie Zacharias. So Mackenzie Zacharias, Carly Burgess, Emily Zacharias, and Lauren Lenentine with a five-person team. Kind of interesting in some of the interviews, the things that we've seen. Jennifer Jones has said there will be events where she won't play within that five-person lineup. Well, she'll be there at the events, maybe to watch, give advice, see it from a different perspective. But she's not locked into skipping every event. She's not going to play another position, of course. But she's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to skip every event. So it'll be interesting to see which one she chooses. She did say in one of these interviews, some of the more minor events might be the ones she takes off. But, you know, when the lights are on, Jennifer Jones will be the skip of this team. So, Scott, I'm going with the fountain of youth. Jennifer Jones is looking to get some, uh, you know, new energy, some you know, revitalization into her career and just really leaning on these young players to, uh, to go for another run here. The fountain of youth. That's uh, that's well said. I, I like that. Uh, my word here is uh, apprentice or apprenticeship, mm. if the word apprentice has been tarnished in any way uh, throughout the years. <laughs> but uh, this is this is Mackenzie Zacharias having a chance to learn sort of at yeah. the foot of Jennifer Jones. Right. We've seen this team play twice in the Scotties the last couple of years get better this past year you know, world junior champions. So this is like, they get to learn from one of the best. This is sort of the mm-hmm. equivalent of baseball team bringing in a, a veteran leader for the clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, I won't, I won't say it's like hockey and the Maple Leafs bringing in Jason Spezza, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's like they bring in the, the, the veteran to help them learn and, and get better. Maybe well, likely Jennifer Jones isn't there when they come through, break through, win, a a big event, but this is their chance to learn. Yeah. And it'll be interesting too. If if it's ridiculous to look ahead to 2025, let's look ahead to the 2029 trials. How crazy would it be if it was Mackenzie Zacharias against Caitlin Laws as the two teams, assuming that this works out well and it's a multi-year deal with Jennifer Jones and Mackenzie Zacharias. And then you have the crowd and Jennifer Jones is playing like the Fred Cooey type role uh, with, you know, half the jacket, one color, half the jacket, the other sort of thing. That'd be kind of fun. So, uh, yeah, Yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. I think uh, the biggest one that we're wondering about, Scott, is the next one. That's Rachel Homan, who's bringing on Tracy Flurry and Emma Miskew, Sarah Wilkes round out that squad. For me, Scott, this is just uh, questions. The word that I have is questions. Uh, Where is everybody going to slot in? How is the final lineup going to end up looking? And what is the dynamic like? That's really all I have. Like, it it could work. I hope for their sake it it does work. I don't really doubt it necessarily because they're all great players. It's just sort of the question of how will it actually work once it all comes together? Yeah, yeah. Questions is a good one, Sean, because one of my first questions was why? Uh, like, mm. why, why Tracy Flurry? But I'm going to call this my my word for this is going to be the Anderson effect. This is uh, we saw Carrie Anderson and her team be successful for skips. This seems like Rachel Holman is just sort of trying to capture some of that same magic. 
uh, bringing in Tracy Fleury and uh, Sarah Wilkes, of course, last year, who had skipped before in her own right. So, but yeah, like, who's going to play where? What events are they all going to play? Like, it's, yeah, there's a lot of questions. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's pretty good. Yeah. And Scott, you probably didn't see it because you were gone, but Ben Hebert did his final sheet show in which he Mm. asked players who had changed teams, were you cut or did you leave your team? And Colin pointed out afterwards said, it's clear that Ben only asked people who left. He didn't actually ask people who were cut that, that particular question. And, uh, and Ben sort of responded in a sheepish kind of way of like, yeah, he knows, he knows what's up. Because I wondered about Tracy Fleury. Like, I thought that team was really good. Like, if you're Tracy Fleury, why would you want to leave? Selena Negevin was on that episode of The Sheet Show. So perhaps it wasn't necessarily Tracy Fleury's option there. And mm-hmm. that Negevin, it's hard to it's hard to say, like, oh, you have a chance to go play with Kate and Laws. It's hard to say, like, to not hard take to that opportunity. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so let's, uh, Scott, let's move on to Casey Scheidegger. She's going to be teaming up with Kate Camera. Yeah, camera. Kate Cameron, <laughs> Taylor McDonald, and Jesse Houghton. Uh, so, Scott, this is a new team coming out of Alberta. Kate Cameron is the import here, but I have the word as Alberta da because I think they are the favorites on the women's side in Alberta, with, of course, Laura Walker stepping away. I think this is really their province uh, to, to win here. Yeah, it, it definitely is, Sean. Uh, my word that I wrote down was uh, Alberta beef. This is a, 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 a. Do you remember seeing those bumper stickers ever? Like, uh, yeah. I, province of Alberta beef. Uh, yep. Yeah. It, when I think of Alberta, I think of this team. And when I think of Alberta, I think of beef. So I just put them together. Uh, and, and yeah, you're right. This is going to be the favorite. Uh, to come out of uh, out of Alberta and I wonder uh, what their sponsors are going to be like maybe maybe Alberta beef will be a sponsor maybe Um, but uh, I always liked their uniform side note I always liked their uniforms with the uh, the white owl whiskey Uh, right yeah I thought they they were nice yeah and I think a sneaky thing about this team too that might factor in it could factor in with the team we're going to talk about later is that both Casey Scheidegger and Kate Cameron throw in a tuck so hmm. maybe e- a little easier on the consistency because you just get a, it's a little bit different of emotion when you throw with the tuck. So maybe that yeah. makes things a little easier for Casey to ice herself with Kate also throwing from a very similar position. So that's something else potentially to look for for this team. Uh, just maybe that increased consistency and, and picking up on the ice that much earlier in a game, in an event. Yeah, yeah, very much could be. All right, let's move on to Chelsea Carey. She is teaming up with Jolene Campbell, Liz Fife, and Rachel Erickson to play out of Saskatchewan. Scott, I have this uh, as routine for Chelsea Carey. This is what she does. She has uh, she moves around a lot. She plays with a lot of different players. So whereas other teams or other individuals who might not be as used to the the shuffling to figuring out how to play with other players, especially as a skip where you got to figure out broom and, and how people throw. Chelsea Carey is well equipped to do this because she has done this more frequently than some other folks at the highest level. So this is a routine move. And I think that they can get off and running pretty quickly come the fall. Yeah, Sean, to me, this is sort of a, a meh move. I think all these players are are very good, solid players. And they're going to go as far as Chelsea Carey can, can take them. 
Like, yeah. and, and she can take them to maybe a world championship. Like she's that good. So mm-hmm. for me, r- routine is your word. And my wor- m- word is uh, meh. Okay. That's totally fair. All right, let's move from the West to the East coast, Scott, to the new team for Andrea Crawford. She is playing again with Sylvie Killian and they have brought on Jill brothers and Katie forward will be the lead. Of course, Andrea Crawford coming off that incredible run third place finish at this year's Scotty's tournament of hearts. So the word for them that I have Scott is the beast coast. I think uh, this might Ooh. be one of the best teams that uh, we'll see out of the East coast in, in a while. Like, you know, this is a, a really strong team. Both, of course, Killian and Brothers have skipped their own teams into the Scotties. We saw Brothers at the pre-pre-trials here in Ottawa last year. It wasn't at her best in that event, but to be fair, mm-hmm. it was September and it was raining the whole time. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, give her a bit of a pass on that. But these are this is not quite the East Coast equivalent of the Carrie Anderson thing, but it's a really strong team. And, and I think... On the women's side, coming out of the East Coast, we haven't really seen teams that you think, oh, they can really contend. I think this team can really contend now at a Scotty's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they they made the semifinals, right? Yeah, this year with uh, you know f- friend of the podcast or f- podcast favorite uh, Jill Babin uh, taking mm-hmm. her step away from the team. But uh, Beast Coast, that's a good one, Sean. I came up with Fundy Four. The, the hey. Bay of Fundy, of course, yeah. uh, dividing New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. And so they're bringing them together around the yeah. Bay of Fundy. I like Fundy that. four. I like it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Jesse Hunkin. Her team is going to consist of Kristen Streifel, Becca Hebert, and Dane Demers. Scott, this team's playing out of Saskatchewan. So I have them as Sasnikawan because I think they're sneaky good and a team that might be underestimated by your average fan when we're looking ahead to the Saskatchewan Provincials next year. Certainly Chelsea Carey will be the favorite going into that event, but don't sleep on Jesse Hunkin. These are four women who can certainly play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, not, not, not a lot of household names, but definitely women who can play. Uh, Kristen Streifel, I believe, has skipped like in the university games or something anyway yeah. quite quite a strong player yeah um, she's been on tour for a few years like she she had, with some good results like she she can play and she, she's just been a good skip and now stepping down to the third position so so sean you said sass sneak on yeah i said uh sneak sketch on <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. nice yes very a very sneaky uh sort of under the radar team that could uh make some noise come January. Yeah. Sneaky good, sneaky good team there. All right, let's uh, move into Quebec and talk about Lauren Mann and her team with Shelly Hardy with formerly Shelly Nichols. So a provincial champion skip there, Steph LeDrew and Steph Cardo and Martine Jones is going to be a five person team. Scott, this, uh, the word I have for this team is a comeback. We haven't seen Lauren Mann, at the national level in a couple of years, same with Shelly Nichols, uh, Steph LeDrew hasn't been in a Scotties in a few years. And TSN sadly lost her phone number apparently when she really could have been, you know, very much uh, useful at, at times in the booth over the past of the past, uh, over the course of the past season. 
So a comeback for these women. Let's get them back on the national level because they're all pretty good and uh, they're all fun to watch. Definitely fun to watch. Uh, so so they'll be actually playing out of Ontario, Sean. Oh, excuse uh, me. Yes. Not out of uh, out of Quebec. Of course, we saw Lauren Mann play out of Quebec for a long, long time uh, as, as one of the uh, top players there. But yeah, this team uh, comeback, I really like it. I was going to say like... Uh, re like a reawakening or uh hmm. yeah comeback is a better word than it encaptures <laughs> what i was gonna what i was trying to say but yeah i'm i'm excited for this team they'll be able to hopefully make some noise in the ontario scotties and yeah. uh yeah steph carrado used to play with uh, daniel inglis of course so uh very good team very good yeah. team here yeah, and you mentioned Danielle Inglis. The last team that I have on the women's side is Danielle Inglis and her new team teaming up with Kira Brutton, uh, who has skipped uh, at the provincial level, uh, along with here Cheryl Kreviasik and Cassandra DeGroote as the front end. So, Scott, uh, and this might apply to Lauren Mann, too, as I was mistaken, of course, in having them out of Quebec. I have this as Strong Terrio. The province, especially on the women's side and on the men's side, too, we have kind of been vocal a little bit or lamented, perhaps, the lack of depth at the provincial championships that it's really been over the past few years, Rachel Holman and everybody else. And I don't know how many times it's been epping against Howard in the final on the men's side. I think certainly when I went through this with Danielle Inglis's team, I think this adds to the depth in Ontario. I like this team. I like that lineup uh, overall strength. And if this Lauren Mann team is in Ontario too, the province just got a lot better. I think. I think uh, I could. I understand what you mean. Um, I think this is kind of like what what I what I have here is a it's an Ontario two step. It's like a shuffle mm. shuffling of all the good players in Ontario, sort of between the Lauren Mann team, the Danielle Inglis team, uh, and the Holly Nichols team, like they're, they're kind of just all shuffled around. Uh, so I don't know if anybody got appreciably better, but maybe some new, new chemistry for this year is going to unlock something with these teams. But I, I would disagree that, uh, they're that much stronger than, than the field would have been a year ago. Okay. Fair enough. All right. So that's the 10 women's teams that we have our words for. So let's shift over to the men. And uh, we have 10-ish teams here on the men's side for what's the word. Let's start again. This is in a, a pseudo ranking that uh, I've put together. So let's start with the one that maybe made the biggest headlines. That is Brendan Botcher. He is teaming up with Mark Kennedy, Brett Gallant, and Ben Hebert. Scott, this team is devastating. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a pretty devastating team. Uh, Sean, my word was Al- Alberta bound. Uh, all you know, Gallant going to Alberta, mm-hmm. where he's going to be living. Uh, Botcher and Kennedy and Hebert. Uh, Alberta bound. You, you could say something about Kennedy and Hebert getting back together. Um, yeah, you know, it's, they were together on Kevin Cooey's team, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I, Alberta. This team is going to be so good. Yeah, yeah, it's, they're going to be. They're just yeah, they're going to be spectacular. And the thing is about it, and 
Ben Hebert was doing an interview with, I think, a radio station in Alberta. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But mm-hmm. he was asked about just the team dynamic. And he basically said, I don't have to be best friends with everybody. And he talked about how with Kevin Martin, like they weren't hanging out. They weren't best friends. He said he's friends with Kennedy, uh, that Mark Kennedy is his best friend. But like they don't need to be friends with the people you play with. And I thought that was frankly, devastatingly honest about how he views it. And basically what he said is, I'll forgive anything for winning. And I've always kind of got that sense from Ben Hebert that, yeah, he will forgive anything for winning. And we saw it a little bit with Darren Molding, Brendan Botcher. Like, could the, would these guys be friends in any other circumstance? And we found out that they're not friends in any circumstance. <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of the case mm-hmm. here that Ben Hebert might go into this and think, and, and he says this in the interview, like, yeah, Brennan's a lot younger than me at a different stage of life than I am. Like, we're, we're not necessarily going to be buddies and hanging out and after games, but we're going to go. We're going to win. We know what it takes to do that. Uh, and that's what this is. So there's a, a devastating honesty in that, that we want to we want. I think a lot of fans still want to have this idea of it's four best friends getting together and having a team. That's not what this is. These are four guys who are coming to this as a business arrangement to try to win mm-hmm. a, well, some world championships first and then a gold medal in four years. And when that is the single minded focus of it, that's pretty doggone uh, impressive. And if they can make that system work, then great. Uh, and the other thing Ben Hebert said is in the interview, we talked about, you know, people say like, I talk too much or, you know, the people don't want to speculate on the personalities, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, thanks for listening, Ben. Appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, All right. uh, Let's move on to the team that Ben Hebert uh, or the skip that Ben Hebert used to play for. That is Kevin Cooey. He is teaming up with Tyler Tardy moving into Alberta. Nolan Nolan Thiessen, not Nolan Thiessen, uh, Brad Thiessen and Carrick Martin. Scott, this is double J-esque. He's doing the same thing that Jennifer Jones is doing, going with that fountain of youth. But I think Jennifer Jones did it first. So I'm giving her the credits and, and saying that Kevin Cooey is J-J-esque in here. Okay. Uh, for me, Sean, this is sort of ho-hum, par for the course. This is what Cooey does, right? It replaces his whole team. Uh, every four years this is this is likely the last gasp right i i thought that the last four years might be the last gasp for kevin cooey but it seems to me like this is him putting all of his chips in the middle on on these three guys and i think it could work yeah but you never know you never know with cooey yeah and and it depends on his health right we've seen over the the years times where he's had a bit of a, a hitch in his giddy up so, mm-hmm. you know, how long can he keep throwing those six second hits? Can he, he just, can he sustain that? Uh, that would be the question at the end of four years. And of course, do you still want to, uh, you know, how much of the drive is still there uh, four years from now? But yeah, th- this is a, an interesting team. And, you know, he, he obviously knows how to play with a lefty, having played with Mark Kennedy for so long. So not so much of a concern there. And Thiessen and Martin, it's a, a really good sweeping combo. So I think this this will be fun, and when we look ahead to the Alberta finals next year, the Alberta playdowns, obviously, we'd be looking ahead potentially to a botcher Cooey final again. I think so. I think so. All right, well, let's uh, move on to 
Manitoba, where Matt Dunstone is heading back to play for the Buffalo, along with BJ Newfeld, Colton Lott, and Ryan Harnden, who will be the import there coming over from Northern Ontario. Scott, my word for this team is Tuckamania, as you have Dunstone, Newfeld, and lot all throwing in the tuck and the, who cares what the lead does they're not that important so you know a lot of tucks on this team they and dunstone in an yeah. interview so i actually talked about that that this could be an advantage for them or, or just mm. make it a little easier for him as i said with casey scheidegger and kate cameron now you have three guys all throwing essentially the same technique they're all a little different from each other certainly but uh, more consistent across those three than probably Matt Dunstone has ever had in front of him. So that could be an advantage. Yeah, I think it could be. I think it could be. For me, Sean, this is the Dunstone show because <laughs> he he's like now obviously the the face of this team, whereas before you had uh, Braden who could, you know, carry an interview, uh, is a big presence physically uh, on the team. So like this is like Dunstone saying clearly like this is my team this is my show in the the personalities of the other guys they're not loud out, outspoken people so mm-hmm. yeah i think this is like the shift to away from Matt Dunstone you know team great team player to Matt Dunstone definite leader yeah. of his team yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, Newfeld is very soft-spoken. And the other person on the team, of course, Kirk Myers. And Kirk Myers is very out front. And a guy who would mm-hmm. do a lot of interviews, very accessible. So yeah. now it's really Dunstone has to take on that role within this team. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, so let's move on to the reigning Canadian champion, Brad Gushu. Mark Nichols still there. Jeff Walker still there. Bringing in EJ Harnton. The word Scott is twinable because I don't know I don't, I don't mean this in a, in a insulting way. Cause they're both obviously great players, but how different are EJ Harnden and Brett Gallant as, as curlers? I, I feel like they bring a lot of the same skill set to a team. So it seems like they've kind of as best they could t- created a twin for Brett Gallant mm. to take this spot. That's, that's interesting. I, I very much disagree. Mm-hmm. I think, Brett Gallant's value to Brad Gushu uh, as a strategist uh, is something that was very underrated about this team uh, the last eight years, I guess, they played together. When you see them talking about shots, talking about nickel shots even, it's always Brett that's down there. It's always Brett that's down there talking to Mark Nichols before Mm -hmm. Brad's shooting. You know, he's the last one up the ice, uh, always thinking about the paths and the next shot, maybe two or three shots down the line. Uh, and I don't know if EJ Harden brings that to them. Uh, my my word was that they're plugging the hole, but yeah. I don't know if the, if the boat's still going to stay afloat <laughs> with this plug in the hole. Yeah, we'll see. And and now Scott, you weren't here last week, but I talked a little bit about after they officially officialized this that Jeff Walker and Laura Walker are moving to Newfoundland. That this was part of the announcement. Now mm. I want to just follow up on on two parts of what I said. So one of the rules is that, or part of the residency rule is that you have to spend a majority of your non-competing time in that member association. So really they could just get a summer place in St. John's, spend six weeks, the six nice weeks a year there 
And that might actually comprise a majority of the non-compete time. Now, mm. I, you do, I believe, have to get a health card as well. So there, there's like real world, like actual factors at play. Uh, but in terms of like the non, the, the letter of that rule, you don't have to spend that much time there. And the other thing, and I want to get your thoughts on this. I don't think they have to do it this year. Like they, there's no residency requirement to meet this year. Like they have the spot. They're the defending champions. Like, so hmm. timing wise, yeah, it, might, it might, it might work to move just before the, the baby, their new next baby is born. Maybe it's easier to do that than post baby if you're going to make the move. But I don't know. I, I just, hmm. I wonder if anybody asked about the, is there a residency about, requirement? Yeah. Is there a residency requirement for the, the team Canada? I, yeah. I would say there's a residency requirement for all the other teams competing uh at, at the briar so why yeah. would there not be but good question also i don't know if moving just before having a baby is like really that great an idea probably better than after you have a baby well you got your doctors you've got uh your whole yeah. family infrastructure all around there and it's true yeah i don't know yeah, i've never lots, had a baby lots. i don't know <laughs> i don't know I, I hey moving is never easy so i guess no it's not it's never you know. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was that piece of news. I just wanted to follow up on that. So let's move on to the next team. It is Reed Carruthers. Appears to be going back into the skipping role, but we've heard that four years ago too. Uh, playing alongside Jason Gunlickson, Derek Semigalski, Connor Negevin. That'll be this lineup, Scott. This team is micable. Gunner talks a lot. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the, his dynamic is with Reed Carruthers, who's also... More talkative than certainly Mike McEwen uh, really ever was. Uh, you know, Reed Carruthers yeah. is the one who kind of carried a lot of those conversations. And Samogoski isn't shy either about weighing in on his uh, giving his thoughts on strategy decisions. So this is, a, I think, a very micable team. And someone like Stokely is going to have his work cut out for him, keeping the balance right uh, when they're uh, when they're going to throw. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be very micable. Uh, my words, entertaining, Sean, entertaining. Yeah. This is going to be a fun team to watch. They're, they're going to be able to play all the shots, make the big hits. And yeah, like you say, they're they're very micable and entertaining to listen to. A, a real 180 from the previous McEwen Carruthers team. Yeah. All right, let's uh, jump across to the second European team on our list here. Yannick Schwaller course was representing switzerland at the world championship this year he is teaming up with benoit schwartz sven michelle and pablo lache to come together for a new team i haven't heard what peter de cruz is doing yet and of course you do have team bruner to consider over there in switzerland but scott my word for them is swinning as they should i think win switzerland Wow, Sean, you're all about uh, the puns today. Uh, my, my word for this team is going to be Team Duolingo. Uh, we, we talked about it a little in our chat with Rocks Across the Pond, but uh, after Sven Michel uh, did all that work to learn French, to play with uh, Team De Cruz, uh, including ben, Benoit Schwartz, is Benoit Schwartz now going to have to turn around and uh, learn German? They should uh, get... Sponsored by Duolingo, they should. Yeah, that's a a good. Yeah, and then they could do the ads in the different languages all over the place. Like, it'd be great. Yeah, Smart. yeah, for sure. 
we'll take a cut of that too for coming up with it. All right, uh, let's move on to Jacques Gauthier, former Canadian junior champion. He is teaming up with Tyler Tardy's former team in Sterling Middleton, Jason Ginter, and Alex Horvath. So, Scott, I think this is rivalry-inducing. These guys are going to play out of British Columbia with Jacques Gauthier as the import there. But I'm hoping that they make it to the Briar, that Cooey will make it to the Briar one way or the other, whether as Alberta or Team Wildcard. I would love to see that game. You know, these guys going up against Cooey, especially with Tyler Tardy there, that could be a fun rivalry to keep an eye on as, as, as their careers. Of course, Middleton, Ginter, and, and Horvath are so tightly connected and will always will be, I think, with mm-hmm. Tyler Tardy. And just seeing how their careers progress now that they've gone in different directions, this should be a lot of fun. It should, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, my my word for this team is like coastal herd, because uh, they got the West Coasters teaming up with uh, Jacques Gauthier from Manitoba the, and the Thundering Herd there. So yeah, they, I think this team will be pretty good, Sean. Um, I agree. We we talk about uh, BC sometimes and like what's the strength in BC? Is there a power gap there? Uh, you know, we saw Brent Pierce come through to skip last year i think this team's going to be one of the favorites right away uh, to represent bc at the briar yep i agree all right let's move down to uh, potentially another favorite in steve laycock he's teaming up with sean meacham greatest drag foot in the sport Braden stewart and chris haychart scott uh, steve laycock's coming back home so i have them as the saskatchewan favorites <laughs> but they're not they're just the favorites of people who live in Saskatchewan. They're not going to win Saskatchewan, right? Who's going to win Saskatchewan? Oh right, uh, Dunstone's back in uh, Manitoba now. Yeah. There's yeah. a power yeah. there's a power gap here in Saskatchewan. A and huge power uh, you vacuum. know who's going to take it? I mean, you, you do have Dallin Myers as a new team, so that could be potentially something to watch for. You do have Flash uh as well. Flash, like don't yeah. don't sleep on Flash. But I don't I don't know. Like so maybe they're not the Saskatchewan favorites, but they are this is a good team that should make a fine. I mean, Steve Lycock is a very, very good player. Sean Meacham's won provincial championships before. He's played in a Briar. Like it's a it's a really yeah. good team. Yeah, it's a it's a good team. Uh, my word was was cooling down or like what happened when you know when you're working out, you, you probably know more than me, but you're working <laughs> out and you wanna you wanna do a cool down at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I sort of think this is for Steve Laycock in his career. It's sort of like the cool down at the end of his okay. career. Uh, play with some people that hopefully you know and, and that you like and try to have fun. Yeah, I like that. No slamming brooms. <laughs> yeah, or at least pad side down, Steve. Pad side down. All right, uh, let's move on to Aaron Slachinski. He's teamed up with Jeremy Hardy, who's moving from skip into the third position. They're going to play alongside Kurt Drummond and Dylan Webster. Scott, the word for this team is that they are wrongly provinced. Uh, You know, I would say in four or five provinces, at least across the country, they'd be a favorite to win a provincial championship. In Alberta, uh, they're not going to be the favorite. Uh, They... They really are going to have a, a, a really tough task ahead of them to get out of the province, but that makes you better because you're going to get more chances to play those top teams. But man, if they were somewhere else, mm-hmm. they would yeah, uh, uh, they, they'd be a Briar team. 
They would be, Sean. So yeah, that's why I'm going to put them as Team AAA. You know, not quite in the big leagues when it comes to Alberta, but but honestly, they're right there. And and like uh, Slichinski and Hardy joining forces, probably the right idea uh, if they do want to get into that conversation uh, with Team Cooey and Botcher. But it it's so hard with the strength of those two teams. Maybe they should look at you know real estate in the Northwest Territories or something. <laughs> I hear uh, I hear PEI is nice. Yeah, it is nice all times of year. Yeah, and I I don't know if I don't know what they do for a living, but if they are involved in agriculture at all, which I know a lot of people in Alberta are, good agriculture community there in, in PEI. Sure is an option. But let's uh, shift our focus to Newfoundland and Labrador. Greg Smith, he's put together a new team for this year with some familiar names from past years for him. He's playing with Adam Boland, Chris Ford, Greg Blyde, and Zach Young as a five man team. Scott. They're just going to be loud. And uh, by they, I mean Greg Smith is going to be loud. Uh, always fun for Greg Smith to get to a briar. We saw him. He was coaching one of the U18 Newfoundland and Labrador teams, so he got a little bit of screen time there. And, of course, with Brad Gushu winning, New- or winning Canada and returning as Team Canada next year, there is that opening there in Newfoundland and Labrador again. And if Greg Smith gets in, he will have, I'm sure, some more great hot mic moments at the briar. Of course, of course. Always great on a mic. I'm going to call this team, Sean, the pride of the rock. Hmm. I, I wrote pride rock and then remembered that was from Lion King. So yeah. pride of the rock. Yeah. Uh, a, a, this will be a fun team to watch and uh, probably one of the favorites coming out of uh, Newfoundland Labrador there. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, finally, the 11th team, I just snuck them in here because uh, I like these guys. Mark Keane, Cam Goodkey, West Virgette, and Edward Sear. Uh, they're the local mm. favorites for us. Uh, played against Cam Goodkey and West Virgette. Uh, more Cam Goodkey, West Virgette joined the league we were in this year. Uh, with that giant, he didn't throw. He, the only the only regret that I have of this curling season is that in the games I played against West Virgette, we did not force him to use the big backswing on a hit at any point. Yeah, I remember he did play appeal against us, and I thought, oh, he's going to throw. Uh, but he didn't. He just yeah, he uh, lifted the stone. But just yeah, like, but not way back. Yeah. No, didn't get the big one. Uh, wasn't so a TV was, uh, TV lift. No, yeah. no. Uh, but no, so we're we're rooting for these guys. We we like those guys. And uh, Mark Keane's been around a while. And they'll they'll unless something crazy happens, they'll make it to uh, the provincial championship and they'll put up a fight against uh, Glenn Howard and uh, whatever John Epping puts his team together. I mean, if John Epping had announced what his new team would be, they'd be on this list, but they haven't. Same with Mike McEwen. Haven't heard what Mike McEwen is going to do. Uh, so, so some pieces still to fall there. So, you know, like Fry is still out there looking for a team. He hasn't announced anything. The only thing from Epping that we know for sure is that Matt Cam is going to play with him moving forward. We have nothing for Lang at this point uh, in terms of the four-person game. There's still, there's some, still some some dominoes left out there, uh, but a lot of the the main ones have fallen. And uh, but I don't know. I, as I think of it, could a Mike McEwen, Ryan Fry, Lang, somebody else team make sense? Another Ontario player as Team Ontario, or as yeah. an Ontario. Yeah, maybe as an Ontario team. Could be. Yeah. It'd be interesting. I'll uh, play. So anyway. Hey, guys, uh, give me a call. I'll play. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, why not, eh? Uh, why not, eh? Yeah. 
So, uh, so there you have it. Our word association. What's the word for some new teams out there in the world of curling? Scott, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fun, Sean. Good idea. And uh, now I'm I'm going back on the road again. So I'll uh, yeah. I'll see see you next week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you're heading out on the road, and we're gonna get out of here for this week. So thank you everybody for listening. If you have not yet, please do subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Do likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show, keeps us growing. Of course, you can always head on over gameofstonespod.com. All of our past episodes are there plus a link to the merch under the merch tab proceeds to food banks, Canada and the Sandra Schmerler foundation. We of course are matching all of those and do follow along on social media at game of stones pod on Instagram and Twitter game of stones podcast on Facebook. And you can let us know what you want to hear on the show. Game of stones podcast at gmail.com. Scott, as you said, you're going back on the road. You've had good timing because it was 400 degrees here in the nation's capital over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And then there was a beauty of a thunderstorm yesterday, which you did make it back for. Uh, and it's raining here as we record. Uh, So you're you're missing some of the dodgy weather, but you did get back to see the eclipse. Did you stay up for it, Scott? (laughs) What? What? I didn't. I didn't know about an eclipse, Sean. I, yeah. I the eclipse was happening because I was so sleepy. I fell asleep uh, before ten last night. Okay. Yeah. No. There was a, a lunar eclipse. I actually went outside and watched it. Yeah. Was it cool? Yeah. Yeah. Moon kind of changed colors a little bit. You can Ooh. still see it, which like I, I okay, but like it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Nice. And nice. NASA did like a live stream, so I watched some of the NASA stuff. It's pretty fun. Wow. Sean, yeah. space. Cool. Yeah, pretty colors. So uh, so there you have it. Uh, Scott, safe travels. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to everybody else out there next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final...